0: Eileen Hale, the COO of TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Learners Language Teachers, a project of educators worldwide. I'm our host today to introduce an old colleague of mine, August Alberto August from Belize. Alberto and I met each other years ago in Belize. And he founded a school called La Isla Cariñosa Academy, a preschool and elementary school, which now has gone online and he's working in different countries besides Belize. He's also served as the Dean of the School of Education at Galen University in Belize, and currently works as an assistant professor and at the School of Education at the University of Nottingham in Malaysia. So welcome, Alberto, we're so happy to have you here with us today.
1: Thank you so much. It's so good to be here today. Thank you.
0: Around the world. We're 12 hours apart.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: So Alberto, we're going to talk about the topic of the using realia for vocabulary development. Can you tell us uh, why you wanted to focus on this topic, how you developed it yourself as an educator?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'll be happy to talk about Realia. Um, I developed, you know, I, I got interest into the topic when I was doing a TESOL program with the University of North Florida. And in that program, in the TESOL program, it shared about different languages and learning English as a second language or, or as a foreign language. And Belize is a multicultural society everybody speaks another language other than English, which is the official language of the country. But the first language of most Belizeans um, is not English. It's either Spanish, it's a Creole, it's a Garifuna language, it's a Maya language. And so because of the diversity, you know, I saw a need, you know, to teach English in our classrooms to use a strategy, which is realia. And realia, I found it very effective for any grade level, whether it's the early childhood years, whether it's the primary school years, and even for older students if they're learning English as a second language.
0: I 100% agree. I tend to work with adult students and find that Realia is one of the most effective strategies and teaching tools we as English language teachers can use to demonstrate what we're teaching, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Correct.
0: How do you integrate realia in low resource environments, even in countries like Belize, where the teachers don't have a lot of extra resources at their fingertips? What do you suggest for teachers around the world that have limited (laughs) realia compared to what Mm -hmm. we might have in America to use in our classroom to enhance classroom?
1: One of the pros of realia is that it should be readily accessible. So, whatever topic you're teaching in English, uh, let's say you're you're teaching the concept of fruits, you know, in, in in English, you can simply take you know take a banana, take an apple, or take a wh- whatever fruit you're you know you're using. Take a coconut, you know, take a. Um, Um, grape or whatever is there available. You know, if you're teaching vegetables, you can take the real fruit, take a tomato, take a potato, you know, so it's readily, you know, accessible um, 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 items that you can actually find in the home or in the environment. I'm thinking about teaching the parts of a plant, you know, we don't need to go and buy these sophisticated, you know, models of plants. You can actually use leaves from the environment, bringing a leaf, bringing a flower, bringing seeds, bring in um, a piece of a stem, you know, to teach these different concepts. If you're thinking about teaching the body parts, you know, you can think about bringing a doll, just a simple doll to show them hand, the mano, you know, or in English, when they say mano, that's a hand. So you can teach them different parts. Of course, that's for the Spanish. Um, so. You could use a doll to teach parts of the body. You could use for transportation. You could bring in different toys um, to, to teach. So these are readily available resources in the environment. Uh, and that's the pros, that it is available in the environment. Even probably in your home, you'll find a lot of these. It's, it's only thinking creatively on how can I bring it or how can I create, um, have it to bring into the classroom.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. I just did that with uh, my adult ESL class the other night. We made a little market and we brought all the old cartons from home, the the milk carton and the egg carton and anything Uh you have and just bring the empty ones to class and make a Mm make-believe store Even with money. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful to use money in the classroom, how much things cost, how much, how many, to practice those things in the real environment, even for a cup Mm -hmm. of coffee. How much is the cup of coffee, right? Um, what other examples have you used that you've, like, when have you done this over the years that have been most effective in terms of the types of realia, meaning like visuals, picture books, that kind of thing, as well as tangible items, any other types of realia you'd like to suggest for our listeners? That have yeah.
1: Effective? We, we could use newspapers brochures bring you know bring in these objects newspapers you could think bro- brochures you know um what we love to do whenever we go places for example to different companies uh we could bring in their their um they have flyers that they use for advertising items you could even bring these into the classrooms um uh, walking around the environment you could actually have what you call a physical you know um if if you live in a rural area they could sit you know outside the school and they could observe the trees you could teach them about you know um, and pointing these real objects out in the environment pointing out a bicycle pointing out a car so take them out into the environment don't feel as if you're confined to the walls or or to four walls of a classroom um, using real objects now one of the disadvantages is um, is that you can't bring all real objects two disadvantages I see in teaching English um, to to, to students, is that you can't bring all of these real objects in the classroom, okay? There are many of them that you cannot bring. For example, you cannot bring the moon, but you you cannot bring the sun, but you could bring models of these, you know? When you're looking at, for example, if you want to teach about body system, it's difficult to get a heart, you know, to bring a real heart, but maybe a model can suffice. That's one of the disadvantage in that you can't bring everything, um, one, of the, uh, one of the cons also is that it lends itself more to nouns, see, more to tangible, tangible objects, but there are other components of learning, of course, you know, um, English, grammar and um, adjectives, for example, adjectives, adverbs, you know, how do we get those in there and there might not be real objects to, you know, to bring across these concepts. But for all the nouns, for the nouns you could think about you could be very creative in terms of bringing models and bringing pictures if you can, um, where these real objects cannot um, do not exist.
0: Yeah, I totally agree and I was just going to add to that. If your students have phones or if you yourself as a teacher can bring in pictures that you've taken on your phones uh, to share in class that depending on the age of your students, of course, but uh, it can be a very powerful way to, like you said, take a picture of the moon, try to capture a picture of something that you can't bring to class or a picture of a car out in the street or a truck or a tractor or something like that, that's not physically possible to bring to classroom. Um, and or have students draw pictures of what they think it is and even compare their pictures. What's their image of a tractor and what is, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you have all these different pictures from the classroom of how they conceptualize terms or something like a word, you know, sunshine. How do you draw sunshine? But having them draw that, you can get really um, powerful images of the sunshine, for example, or moonlight.
1: Correct, yes, true.
0: Yeah, so thank you. Those are all super great tips. Any final ideas you'd like to suggest for our listeners on, that they can implement right away in their classroom?
1: Yes, sure. One, one thing that um, I, I, I noticed with teachers, you know, we think that we need to bring in all the resources. I like to... I like to empower the students and ask them, you know, we could ask the students to bring in. So don't think that you need to bring everything. Explore the possibilities of your students as you suggested just a while ago. Let them take pictures of these real objects in the environment and let them bring it in. So teachers don't feel as if you must bring in all these realia, you need to go to the market and buy a whole bunch of um, whatever you want to use. No. Ask them, you know. Suggest, you know, each child bringing in a real object. You have 20 students in a classroom, 25 students in a classroom. Then it, you have more real objects, you know, to work with. If you can set up a, a center, what to call what we call a learning center in the classroom, an English learning center, you can absolutely do that with all of these items that are there, um, and you can talk about them. It's very engaging. It's very motivating. It. Captures the attention of the students and it's it proven to, to, to deliver effective um, English language classes. Students will enjoy your classroom when, when they see real objects involved. It just captures their attention and it sustains that almost from the beginning to the end of the lesson.
0: I agree 100%. That's a fabulous ending idea to incorporate. And it really involves your students in their own learning because they're bringing something tangible from their house. So you get an inside perspective and develop that relationship with their community. Thank you so much, Alberto. Those were wonderful tips. I know our listeners will be able to apply right away in their classrooms. So we look forward to having you join us for a future episode and appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Hello, I'm Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of TTELT. Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a project of educators worldwide. And I'm your host today with a special guest from Belize. Alberto August is going to be talking to us today about the buddy system. What does that mean? You'll hear in just a minute, but a quick background of Alberto. He was born and raised in Belize and he founded La Isla English Academy as a preschool and elementary school called La Isla Cariñosa that serves in Belize in an island where it started in Cocker, And he has also served as the Dean of the Graduate School Galen University in Belize, and currently works as an assistant professor at the University of Nottingham in Malaysia. So welcome, Alberto. We're so happy to have you here with us today.
1: Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. I'm looking forward to a quick talk.
0: Yes, thank you for your time. So can you explain to our audience, what do you mean by the buddy system?
1: Absolutely. Um, in teaching and working with, with with children, especially in the primary years, preschool and primary years system, um, A body system involves, you know, pairing children, um, or, or having them in a very small group, maybe three persons, you know, to learn English and to discuss, to dialogue, to, to express themselves, um, and for them to share and exchange information, you know, within each other in the classroom. So um, everybody's assigned to, you know, to a body and, and the body, the body. you might have two bodies, depending if, they, if there's an even or uneven number in the classroom, but this is the person who they, they will work with from the beginning to the end of the, the term semester or from the beginning to the end of the year.
0: Great, and you do this with all ages of students?
1: Yes, it can be done with all ages of students, and it's a great tool, you know, for for children, especially who are learning English, because they get to support each other. It provides provides motivation, because when sometimes the teacher is sharing a concept, you know, and explaining, but we must be skeptical to explanation in that when we are explaining as teachers, it might not get across to all students, but when a body shares it with their peer you know, they get that understanding from their peer level, you know, so they have a way, a natural way of communicating with each other, you know, at this particular level.
0: I totally agree with you. And I see that with my, I teach adults ESL. Mm -hmm. And I see that with them, they naturally do it even without me assigning them
1: but I've yes. noticed
0: it's really nice to have one student who understands a little more quickly than the other, they explain it to the other person. And as you and I both know through education, you know you really learn a concept when you have to teach it to somebody else. So it empowers mm-hmm. the buddies to become teachers themselves, the process right. and demonstrate their knowledge. It also serves in that capacity as an informal assessment, You know, for you as a teacher to go around to see who really gets it as they explain to each other, right?
1: Right, correct.
0: Do you facilitate class time for them to work as buddies like you teach a concept or a topic and then say time to buddy up and make sure your buddy understands or how do you implement it in the classroom.
1: Yes, absolutely. There is actually a time when we ask, you know, they, they all know their bodies. They're they're very familiar with their body in the system. Um and but do we do allowed class time when needed, if needed, you know, depending on the depending on the, the class content, depending on the need. Um it's not every time that they'll need, of course, sometimes you'll have a, a short bit of what we call whole class. Then of course you can go into their body system. And you also want to, to think about um, combining pairs, which is putting two bodies together, you know, two, two pairs of bodies together, you know, it, it expands the dialogue, you know, and it just enriches the, 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 the conversation, the expression coming out from the students. Um, what I found out in the past, you know, I remember receiving this student from Cuba. He was very fresh into the English classroom and had no knowledge of, of, of um, speaking English and the mother was very concerned you know and of course we were too whether he was going to learn the English language um, and we paired him up with one two bodies you know and throughout, you know full support from everybody and that's what I like about the body system because their peers you know they tend to support each other a lot you know in helping this particular student from Cuba to learn the English language after a year and a half This student was actually had a very good command of the English language um, in in Belize in in the classroom. Um, After two years, this child was one of the best expressive person with the English language coming from Cuba. And he's actually started to help us to teach Spanish in the classroom. So, you know, we also empowered him to say, hey, you know spanish you can help can help the english speaking students you know and, and the english students will actually help him and or help him to speak the english language it was an excellent experience that we had with that student from cuba
0: that's fantastic a great example just a couple of quick uh, technical questions do you assign the buddies at like the very beginning of each term and also do they have time to practice or do you give them like assignments outside of class to practice with their buddies or is it primarily used in the classroom?
1: It's primarily used in the classroom. Um, depending on the environment, you can actually use it for after-class activities, depending on the on, on the, in the situation, if there's an environment for it. Um, in, larger, in, in larger cities, you know, students might not be able to pair after school or after classes. Um, and so we normally, because we are from a very small island, we actually use it in the classroom and outside the classroom because the island is very small. And so they could actually go and body up at the, at the library, which is near. Nearby um, or at the park, which is nearby. So we do encourage them, but that's because we have a smaller environment. I think it would be difficult, more difficult in a larger city environment if that's the environment you're in. And yes, at the beginning, we would certainly identify each other as buddies, you know, but within the years, you know, as students get to know each other in a school context, they tend to become buddies on their own, naturally. And if they're more comfortable talking with someone, yes, we allow them to, hey, that's going to be our buddy for the rest of the school year, it's okay. We only want the student to be as comfortable as possible through the learning process.
0: Fantastic. This is a great idea. So thank you so much for your time and sharing it with us. Any final ideas, thoughts before we wrap up today's time? To yes,
1: comment? just finally, yes. Um, we really consider the body system, you know, instead of keeping students in isolation, it's very good when they're socializing, you know, when they're building that vocabulary within them, when they exchange, it's a, it serves as a great form of motivation for these students, you know, because they can, they can relate to each other at that level. Sometimes as adults, it's very difficult for us to relate as, although we do our best as teachers, but yeah, with, with them, naturally, translanguaging is very you know you can see that across you know exchanging different languages you know from english to spanish or another language that you may that they may use but it's a very effective way and highly motivating for students in the classroom
0: i really like that idea and i agree with you 100% so i want to encourage our teachers to try it out and give us your feedback we'd love to hear how it works in your classes i for one can testify that it works very effectively I just want to iterate and you might give any other suggestions on how you do it. We've mentioned just giving time, like say you teach the present perfect tense and you present it on the board or whatever with your examples and then say, okay, buddies, give two, you know, exchange ideas of using the Mm -hmm. present perfect tense, but having each other use it in your buddy teams, if you will, during the class time, unless you want to present another example. That's just one example that came to my mind of how to utilize it in the classroom.
1: Yes, yes. Another, um, another example is if you're teaching, um, if you're teaching in, in the English language, um, I don't know, reading a paragraph or, or um, if verbs, you know, um, doing actions with each other, you know, students like to get up, they do actions, if you're teaching verbs, you know, you can body up and okay, find four verbs or, or, you know, four actions that you could do with each other, you call the action, the student can, um, um, the student does the action in English. Um, and you transfer that so they can exchange, you know, um, in teaching the concept of verb reading. It's a great for reading, you know, and understanding comprehension. Um, having one student reading a paragraph and they interpret what that means in the English language.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great one. And of course, that made me think of writing. Do you do peer yes. editing with your buddy system as Absolutely. well Absolutely. writing skills? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to have them read each other's papers and see if they can find the mistakes, if you will, or correct each other's papers, just as an encouragement for one another and teaching each other. Great. Well, thank you so much, Alberto. This has been very insightful for our audience, I think, and for all of us to realize how we can help our learners become teachers and encourage each other in their academic pursuits and increasing their educational skills, especially in English. Yes. Thank you for your time today, Alberto. We hope to see you again.
1: And it was good to be here. Thank you so very much for the invitation. It was quite a pleasure being here. Thank you very much.
0: We will be taking a break for the month of December, but please take this time to look at our prior episodes on TTELT.org. There's lots of great teaching tips for you to review during this break season. And please join us again in January, 2023 for lots of great new teaching tips. Thank you for all of your support from the TTELT team. We'll see you in January, 2023.